Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Catherine Quirk Schwartz and Russ Schwartz about their wedding at Magic Kingdom and events in every other park at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested in how they chose their locations and how they planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Catherine and Russ. Thanks, Carrie. I'm super excited to be on with you. Thanks so much for being on the show today. So I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to be married at Disney. So we have always been lovers of Disney. We first started going to Disney when we were dating and we would go up for any weekend that we could make it up there because we live in South Florida. So we would go up for like the after hours parties and because we both have kids from our previous relationships, we felt like it was a great place to take our blended family and we really have just always loved Disney. So we originally were actually going to have our wedding at Alani because my mom lives in Hawaii and I spent part of my life growing up there. So originally we were going to have an Alani wedding versus a Disney World wedding. Our original wedding was scheduled for June 27th of 2020, but then COVID happened just like so many people. And so after a couple of delays, we really felt like we were going to have to look at something closer to home because we both have parents that weren't really comfortable with traveling. And so we really tried to make it a little bit closer. Uh, Originally, our third postponed wedding date was December 18th of 2020. We had made the move to Walt Disney World And we were working with our planner, but about a month and a half before, we were still talking about kind of being in the throes of COVID. And my mom and my brothers who live in Hawaii didn't feel comfortable making the flight and the travel from Hawaii to get to Disney World. So at that point, we decided to postpone one more time. And we postponed till June 27th of 2021. And in order to really accommodate everybody hopefully getting vaccinated and then also everyone feeling comfortable enough to travel if they needed to travel. Got it. So then was everybody able to travel? How did they react when they found out that the plans had shifted from Alani to Walt Disney World? So everyone was really okay. I mean, I think at that point, our family really just wanted to see us get married uh, (laughs) because we had postponed so many times. And we had sent out actually a poll to all of our family to ask them, if you had these choices, what would you choose? Would you rather we stay in Hawaii? Would you rather we move to Disney World? Would you rather we have a ceremony in Disneyland, California, because I do have a lot of family in California. And really, everybody 
said, like, we just want you to get married (laughs) and we will go wherever you have your wedding. But yes, for the most part, we will all feel comfortable traveling to Florida. So everybody was fine with it. Ultimately, my mom, because she was able to get vaccinated in January, she was very comfortable with making the trip in June. Oh, that's wonderful. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So we invited exactly 62 guests because that was the magic number given to us by Disney with those strange, you know, if you stay in one location more than two hours or less than two hours, then you can only have this many. So 62 was the number that was given to us by Disney in order for us to be able to do the different locations that we had planned for the dinner and the reception based on that two hour stay. So we ended up having 57 guests. And for us, it was a little bit complicated because we really had to do kind of like an A list and a B list in that we had our original 62 that we knew we were going to invite. And many of those people were family members, but like cousins or aunts and uncles on Russ's side that we really knew probably would decline, but we still had to invite them in that first group. And then once we invited that first group and we got the RSVPs back and we were able to know who was going to be able to make it and who wasn't, then we took that number and invited kind of from our B list in order to see, okay, how many more people are going to be able to come. And and we we continued to do that probably until maybe a month before the wedding until we kind of got pretty close to that 62 and we ended up having 57 people come. Oh wow, that's great. Did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did set up a room block because we really wanted we really wanted everybody to be at Grand Floridian or as much as possible and we really wanted our family to be at Grand Floridian. Something that we had loved about Aulani was that concept that we were going to have a big family vacation and that our wedding was just one part of that. So when we made the move to Disney World, we still really wanted to maintain that, that our wedding was part of the family vacation to Disney because that is something that is really special to us. And we wanted to really celebrate with our entire family and really spend as much time with them as possible. Like we didn't want to feel like we were having our wedding and we were focused on that part and we didn't get to enjoy everything else with our family. So we had a room block at Grand Floridian and our family for the most part was all there. Russ and I and our family, we also are owners in DVC. And so we were able to book our rooms and a couple of our family members as well at the villas at Grand Floridian in order to really maximize our staying. So we had some in the villas and we had some at Grand Floridian. And really that was our entire room block. We had set up a room block also at Caribbean Beach and we had also set up rooms at Pop Century But when everything was finally booked and we got close to that date where we had to give back rooms, nobody had booked at Caribbean Beach or Pop Century. So we ended up giving all of those rooms back. And primarily our family was completely booked at Grand Floridian in the room block. 
Okay, got it. So after having to change your date so many times, how did you decide on the day of the week and time of day for the final actual day that you actually got married? <laughs> so that's a really complicated question because so many things happened from kind of the last two months of planning to the actual date. So when we made the last change, we originally were going to do June 27th of 2021 because that would have been a full year from our original date. But when we reached out to the Roots to try and schedule them, they had a wedding that was already booked for that day. And we knew that we wanted to stay with the Roots. So we started looking at other dates and something caught our eye in that June 14th, which is Flag Day, has always been a really special day for my dad and my family. So my dad has always loved Flag Day because it's always been a day that's a holiday, but it's one that nobody really celebrates. So nobody has to call and say, happy Flag Day. You don't have to get a gift for anyone. So it's kind of always been an ongoing little joke in our family about my dad always wishing everybody a happy Flag Day. <laughs> so I thought it would be really funny to have the wedding on Flag Day because then forevermore it would be a day that he would actually have to reach out and say happy anniversary. <laughs> and so that's how we decided on June 14th. And we really wanted the summer because Russ is a school principal. I'm a nurse. We have kids that are in high school and middle school. So we knew we needed to work with their schedules. And we really wanted it to be closer to the beginning of the summer because we didn't want it to be so hot that people not from Florida wouldn't be able to tolerate it. So June 14th was really pretty close to when the summer was starting and early enough in the summer. So something interesting about the time of day that we chose, originally we were going to be a wedding pavilion wedding. We made a lot of changes along the way. When we were a December wedding, we were going to be in Italy in park ceremony. But when we made the change to June, Russ and I talked about it and we decided it really was too hot to be outside for our ceremony. So we decided to go with the wedding pavilion and our wedding was going to be at 5 p.m. So everything was going to flow the normal way that it would. The, we would have the wedding ceremony, we would have the dinner and the reception. But when we started planning and, and looking at how much floral we were going to be putting in the wedding pavilion and looking at the cost, Russ and I started talking about the fact that we had really wanted East Plaza Garden and that the way it was looking in terms of the finances with the floral and the decorating, that it really wasn't that much more of a jump to get to East Plaza Garden if that was truly where we wanted to have our ceremony. So about a month and a half before our wedding, really when everything was due with final payments, we asked to get the permissions to have the ceremony in East Plaza Garden. And it got a little complicated, but ultimately we went from having a 5 p.m. wedding to having a very early morning ceremony in East Plaza Garden. So I don't think we actually decided on a time. I think it was more we were 
within the constraints of having to accept whatever time we were given in order to get what we wanted. <laughs> right. Okay. So you guys were able to do events in all four parks. Can you talk about those locations and why you chose them? So when we started with planning our wedding, we originally knew that we were going to have either our ceremony or our reception in Epcot. When we were planning the December wedding, it was going to be the ceremony in Epcot. And then we were going to have our reception in California Grill. But when everything changed and we decided to have our ceremony at 5 p.m. in the wedding pavilion in June of 2021, it really caused us to shift and look at where we are going to have our reception. So we had always wanted American Adventure Rotunda, but we also knew that there were those really high guest limits. And we really weren't going to be able to have a minimum of 85 people. But when COVID happened... And it changed all of the guidelines for how many people you could have in any given venue. We then started talking about being able to have American Adventure Rotunda. And that was someplace when I saw for the first time, I absolutely fell in love with. So what we were looking at then was having our ceremony and wedding pavilion and having our reception in American Adventure Rotunda. However, when they told us about that we could only have a two hour time limit because of our guest count in American Adventure Rotunda, it caused us to kind of get creative in our thinking. So what I asked to our planner was, so if we had two hours of dinner in one location and then move to say a dessert party and then move to say a DJ and dancing party, we could really have a longer reception, we would just kind of be a moving reception. And they said, yes, that we could do that. We would still have to pay the venue fees, but we could incorporate our minimum into all of the events that we were having. So then what we were going to do was have the ceremony and wedding pavilion. We were going to have a two-hour dinner in the Living Seas Salon. From there, we were going to go to our dessert party with what we thought was going to be fireworks at the time. And then from there, we were going to go to DJ and dancing in American Adventure Rotunda. But like I said, as we got closer and we really started thinking about what we really wanted and our budgets and how much we were going to be spending and what truly our dream was, we decided to switch from the wedding pavilion and go for East Plaza Garden. And so then that created for us having our wedding in, in two parks, having the ceremony in Magic Kingdom, and then having our reception in Epcot. Our welcome party was in Animal Kingdom, and that had always been something that we were planning on having, even from the very beginning. That was probably the one event that never really changed. So we... We're like super excited about all of our events, but when we started thinking about it, I'm somebody that like really likes to complete the circle. And so really at the very last minute, I would say maybe three days before we were actually going to have our wedding, I reached out to our planner and asked if it would be possible to have a farewell party in Hollywood Studios 
And I told her, I know this is crazy, but I just can't stop thinking about the possibility of having an event in each one of the parks. And lucky for me, I have an amazing husband who was totally go with the flow, didn't think that I was too crazy for requesting this. He thought I was a little bit crazy, but I kept reassuring him, like, you're going to love this. I promise you, like, if this works out, it's going to be amazing because to be able to have an event in each one of our parks and to have our family and friends be able to experience each one of the parks without having to, you know, have a ticket and really just kind of getting those highlights is going to be awesome. So at the very last minute, we threw together a farewell party that we were going to have in Hollywood studio at Pizza Rizzo. And then from there, we were going to have a ride mix in because that was really important to us to have these events in the parks and to be able to have ride mix ins as much as possible so that our family and friends could really experience the parts of the parks that we love the most. So with that, we were able to really complete the circle, which I love, and have an event in each one of the parks. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, you used the roots for your wedding photography. Did you use any other outside vendors? It was probably pretty tricky since all of your events were in the parks. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, really, the only outside vendors that I used, Stacy Otto for hair and makeup which she was absolutely amazing. And we had the best time. And we did have to use the in-park team for everything from the floral to the decor and really didn't use any other outside vendors except for the roots. But we, we did want to use the roots. We had seen all their photos and we absolutely loved them and the work that they do. That's wonderful. How did you choose your officiant? So we chose our fishing. We chose Rev Kev and really we had like watched a million videos. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Russ and I watched all the Disney fairy tale wedding shows and, you know, really searched and looked at all the videos of everybody and we just liked him. I mean, you know, other than that, we really wanted to incorporate like both of our faiths. Russ is Jewish and I am Catholic and Christian. So we knew that having our ceremony at Disney World, we weren't doing something in a church or in a synagogue, but wherever we could incorporate little parts of both of our faiths, we really wanted to try and do that. So we incorporated small things like, you know, prayers that uh, Rev Kev said for us, as well as Russ broke the glass at our East Plaza Garden ceremony. We really wanted to incorporate like a blending ceremony for our family since we are a blended family. And so he really had all of that very organized and structured. And we were able to kind of go through what he already had set and then asked him to add a couple of things in. That's wonderful. Can you talk a little bit about any entertainment that you added to your events? I know there was some weirdness with getting the characters at American Adventure. Yes. Yes, we did add different entertainment to our events because we really wanted to have a little something everywhere we had an event. We added a breakfast right after our East Plaza Garden ceremony. Originally, that breakfast was going to be a farewell breakfast. 
But we really felt like because we made that change to East Plaza Garden, we really wanted to feed people because a lot of people had gotten up very, very early at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. to make their way over to the park. So we knew that it was another event, another expense, but we really were just kind of moving it and putting it on the back end of the ceremony. We also did a coffee station before the ceremony started. They did allow us to do a coffee and water station actually at East Plaza Garden, which was pretty cool. But we did schedule that breakfast for right after our East Plaza Garden ceremony. Originally, they had located that breakfast at Citricos. But we came to find out that Citricos wasn't available. So they made a change and moved it to Narcoosie's. But then we found out that we had exceeded the guest count in Narcoosie's. And from there, they moved us to California Grill. And it was awesome because we had originally asked, can we go to California Grill for this breakfast? And they told us that they had an event, that they couldn't move us. But then... I don't know what happened. Magically, they were able to move us to California Grill for our breakfast immediately following the ceremony. And not only that, they were able to work with us on the menu, which I know is like not a typical thing. But I think because everything was so close to our final date that they kind of made some exceptions and made a couple of little menu changes for us from the breakfast that we were doing, but we really didn't care because we knew it was going to be an upgrade going into California grill. So we told them whatever you want to serve for breakfast, as long as there's Mickey waffles, we are good. And it was an amazing, amazing breakfast. Definitely one of our highlights. So going back to entertainment, we did have entertainment in each of our locations for The welcome party, we actually didn't have any outside entertainment. We didn't add anything in because we did have the two ride mix-ins. We had the safari before the actual party started in Animal Kingdom. And then we had our dinner or dessert party, if you want to call it, in Harambe Marketplace. And then after the dinner slash dessert party... We all made our way over to Flight of Passage where we did our second ride mix in. We actually moved the welcome party. It was supposed to be the night before the wedding, but when we made the shift to East Plaza Garden, we decided to change the date and make it the day before the day before the wedding because I knew I was going to have to get up at about 2.30, 3 o'clock a.m., And I was not going to be able to be going to bed the night before at 10 o'clock. So we also had an extension of the uh, trio of the strings playing in California Grill for the breakfast after the ceremony. We paid for about an hour extension, but... I will tell you that they definitely stayed longer than that hour, which was amazing and greatly appreciated. At our dinner at Living Sea Salon, we did have the piano player, and that was great. It was really perfect and definitely accompanied 
the area very well. At American Adventure Rotunda, we did have a DJ. We had JW. And we did have the characters come. When we were in the middle of all the planning, we were told that the characters, because of new displays that were set up in American Adventure Rotunda, we were told that we were going to have to pay for a special backdrop for the characters, not just the typical greens package. And it was going to be a significant backdrop because it was the pipe and drape. And we really kind of went back and forth with them because this wasn't something that we had asked for. We had never heard that they needed any sort of backdrop to be an American Adventure Rotunda. And we really didn't understand why we were being charged this when we had never heard of it before. So we definitely went back and forth with them about it. And eventually they said, you know what, we're going to just charge you the greens package and we're going to cover the cost of the pipe and drape ourselves, which was great. And to us was a very good compromise. (laughs) And then finally at our farewell party in Hollywood studios, We didn't have any entertainment there, but we did have a ride mix in, um, and we ended up doing Slinky Dog Dash for our ride mix in. That's great. And one thing that, and again, there's so many things, so it's it's very easy, you know, as we kind of think back of it to to miss things because literally things were evolving up into the morning of the wedding, truthfully. But when we finished our dinner at Living Seas. We did a ride mix in in between that and our celebration at America Adventure, and we went to Soren. And as we, you know, as we left Living Seas, we came out kind of the door by, it's on the side of Finding Nemo. So we came out and you kind of, as the second you walk out the door, you get a, a view of the, of the Epcot ball. And when we came out, it was raining. So everyone, before we kind of turned the corner, they handed out umbrellas and ponchos to everyone so Catherine and I we kind of led the way and we kind of started walking out once everyone was situated to walk around finding Nemo to make our way to the to the buses and vans to take us over to American Adventure actually to Soren first and as we were turning kind of the corner we were able to see the Epcot ball and there was it was raining and there was a huge rainbow from I mean a complete rainbow that was just I mean, as clear as day. And I mean, we kind of just stood in the rain for quite some time, just taking pictures on everyone's cell phones. And that was actually probably one of the most memorable moments of the whole thing. That's amazing. Just out of curiosity, where did they have the characters at American Adventure? Because they used to do them in the sort of foyer between the main rotunda and the entrance. And so there was no conflict with any display. Is that where this display was set up that they had to cover? No. So it was very strange where it was. So the way that I guess that they had to set up the tables is kind of what shifted the characters. So the new display boxes are that soul jazz display that take up space. As you walk into American Adventure Rotunda and you look to your left, they take up a large amount of space and those display boxes aren't movable. So their explanation was that they had to set up our guest tables differently than they typically would in the past. 
And so where they had the characters was when you walk into American Adventure Rotunda and it opens up and you look to your right and they have the display room that's for, I think it's a display room for California, Hawaii, and a couple of other places kind of in that right hand corner is where they had the characters also where they had our cake set up. And so the idea was where our cake setup was, we were going to be able to cut the cake and the characters were going to be behind us. And so that's where they had to set up. The only thing that I could tell that they covered were some of the quotes that are in there. And I think maybe a picture like the Thanksgiving picture, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, the only thing that I could think is that perhaps Mickey and Minnie would have been, if they would have used that backdrop, perhaps they would have used like their colonial or patriotic outfits and not their party outfits. But that truly is my own guess about it because I couldn't figure out why they had to have the backdrop that they did. Interesting. Okay. All right. So you guys did four or five, I've lost count, numerous (laughs) catered events. (laughs) Do you have any menu items that you would recommend from each of your events? All I could say is everything was amazing. I mean, we definitely have some specific ones, but the desserts were amazing. Everything was was great. I don't know if you want to go through one by one. I I will go through my favorites and then you can say what your favorites were. (laughs) So in our animal kingdom welcome party, we had the churro action station, which was absolutely incredible. I had to be really careful about not eating like tons and tons of churros because you know, I had to fit into my dresses for the next couple of days. <laughs> Something that we had heard, of course, on like numerous of your podcasts were the cheeseburger spring rolls. So I actually don't eat beef or pork, but I really wanted to try these cheeseburger spring rolls. So I asked them if they could make some of the cheeseburger spring rolls with impossible meat, because I know that that's something that they do at Disney. And I know that they have that as an option. And so the chefs did create a good amount of the cheeseburger spring rolls with the impossible meat for me and for other guests that didn't want to eat, I guess it's beef that they're made with. And they were incredible. I've never tried the regular cheeseburger spring rolls. But if you have any vegetarians that want to be able to try them, It was a great option, and everybody that had those ones thought they were amazing as well. Um, We did change that menu quite a few times, but what we kind of ended up with there was a little bit more of like an Asian theme. So we had chicken saute, which was amazing. We had a beef skewer, which people really seemed to like. We did vegetable spring rolls, but I really like the idea of kind of doing like an Asian layout and everybody really enjoyed the food there. For California Grill, like I said, you know, we worked with them to kind of just go ahead and create whatever menu they wanted, but we had an incredible frittata 
that was just delicious. And of course, the Mickey waffles. I, I wanted to have Mickey waffles whenever we could, which that was just a great, great breakfast menu. At dinner, we did end up having three different entrees. We had uh, the salmon, we had the chicken with the mushrooms, and then we had the short ribs. I think Russ can speak to how the short ribs were. I did hear that they were very, very good. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> we had another amazing thing that we had heard tons about was the Martini Action Station. And that was so good with the mac and cheese, with the lobster and the risotto. Absolutely incredible. And what we were able to do there was we were actually able to have them substitute the martini action station in for some of the sides. Instead of like choosing the sides with our three entrees, we said, can you just substitute the martini action station for that? And they were totally able to do it. I'm sure there was a bit more of an upcharge, but it seemed very reasonable. The strawberry frise salad was incredible. And then from there, we had our reception food. So something fun that we did at the reception was we did the Mickey pretzels as an optional snack. And we also did uh, the Mickey ice cream bars for anybody that maybe didn't eat cake. Our daughter cannot stand cake. So definitely for her and anybody else, we wanted to have some other options. I will say, while we love the idea of the Mickey pretzel bar, and hopefully there's some cute photos, I don't really think very many people actually had them, probably because the amount of food that we had had at dinner. So maybe if we went back, that might have been something to kind of cut out. But definitely people did enjoy the Mickey ice cream bars, and that was a, re a really reasonable add-in. And then at our farewell dinner... Everything was amazing. And we really had told for the farewell dinner, since that was so last minute, we kind of said, you know, hey, give us a menu. We'll just approve it and, and go from there. But it was kind of an Italian themed menu. We had the pasta action station, which was great. People loved it. We had the Dole Whip inspired cakes for dessert. And those were so incredible. We also had the macaroons there and the cheesecake samplers. Our kids could not stop eating the macaroons. And for the Italian food, do you remember what else we had, Russ, that was great? Um, I think, was there like a chicken? There was a chicken. I just don't recall most <laughs> on it. I mean, there was so much food between those couple of days. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> there was a chicken dish, though. There was, but all of, all of that food was excellent. And then which flavors did you choose for your wedding cake? So for our wedding cake, we had three tiers. And of course, we took the suggestion of the many that have come before us. We did the lemon cake with the raspberry filling for our biggest tier of our cake. And then we did the red velvet with the cookies and cream or gray stuff for the middle level. And then for our top layer, we did the churro cake with the churro filling. And originally we were gonna save our top layer, 
But when we started thinking about our summer plans for next year, we realized we're going to be in Europe when we're celebrating our first anniversary. So we ended up telling them, you know what, it's okay. You can cut our top layer and we'll just take the extra and eat it in our hotel room over the next couple of days, which is exactly what happened. (laughs) And it was incredible. We loved our cake. I mean, our cake was something that we really designed to because we decided to do the peekaboo back of our cake. So the front of our cake looked pretty typical and it looked like one of the ones that you see very commonly, but the back of the cake had that peekaboo where each tier had a different ride that has been near and dear to our heart at Disney World. So we asked for the bakery to design on the top layer. It was Pirates of the Caribbean. On the middle layer, it was an ode to Haunted Mansion. And then on the bottom, it was a tribute to our three favorite mountains, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, and Splash Mountain. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The cakes were awesome. I mean, the desserts were great. I wish that we actually sat during the wedding and had more cake. We took like one bite and then we're off and running and, you know, dancing and doing our thing. But they were great. (laughs) We did our taste testing for the cake. They gave us like a couple of boxes with all the different flavors and and combos. And we kind of sat there and we we took notes and wrote down all the different combos. And we ate probably a full cake that one day alone, just between the two of us. So when you add them up, when you add up all the pieces, but it was great. Wish we could go back and have more. (laughs) We, We really did when we got our, you know, because so much was taken away from the COVID couples in that, you know, we didn't get to have the planning that people used to have. We didn't get to test the menus. So we really like tried to make an event out of our cake testing. I mean, we made a whole weekend out of it, really, that kind of ultimately was around the cake trying experience. And what happened was they accidentally made us two sets of the cake sampler so we took both of those sets and we sat ourselves in the lobby of the Grand Floridian with all the people and the music and the atmosphere. And we put our bride and groom hats on and we sat there in the beautiful lobby and tried each and every combination of cake that we could think of. And it was so much fun. Like it was really an awesome time and something that we have a memory of that, you know, while we couldn't have that traditional planning, we definitely had our experiences. That's fantastic. And for my listeners who are unfamiliar, what they're doing right now, because you can't do a cake tasting or a menu tasting, once you have signed your letter of agreement, your sales consultant can arrange for you to pick up a cake tasting kit at the front desk at the Grand Floridian. So if you're able to get to Walt Disney World, you can get this kit. It has little samples of some of the flavors of cake and of the filling. And unfortunately, they cannot ship it. But if you are going down there early, it's a great way to try out what your options are. So can you give me a timeline of how your wedding day and all the events, I guess, fit together? Yes. So our welcome party at Animal Kingdom did change a couple of times as in terms of the time because we really had to work with 
when the park was closing. And for anybody that is thinking about having a theme park ceremony, reception, welcome party, farewell dinner, that's something that you really have to be ready for in terms of being flexible and being willing to change because the times and hours right now especially are changing often. So we we did know this and we were able to be really flexible and we were able to use our wedding website to always update guests. So that's just one thing that I wanted to say about that. But our welcome party in Animal Kingdom, uh, I believe started at 5 p.m. 5.30. And so we had transportation that was set to pick up our guests from Grand Floridian. All of our transportation started and ended at Grand Floridian. So if people weren't staying at Grand Floridian, they needed to get themselves there in order to be in the transportation, which because all of the events were at theme parks, we had to use their transportation. So transportation started at about 4.30, 4.45, took us over to... After rehearsal. We did our rehearsal in the pavilion first. Yep. We did our rehearsal in the wedding pavilion before that. And then from there, we took the transportation over to Animal Kingdom. The safari was the last, actually, it was the last safari ride that occurred in the park. Because the safari, they always stop running those a little bit earlier. That's why it allows you to have two ride mix-ins if you choose Animal Kingdom. So we did the last safari ride, which I will say we have done the safari at Animal Kingdom many, many, many times. And I don't know what it was, but this safari was by far the best safari ride we have ever been on. I don't know if they put extra food on our trucks, but let me tell you, I have never seen so many animals like so close on the safari. So I felt like we got an extra show, um, but they did the safari from there probably about maybe six o'clock we went to the dinner yeah, it was pretty quick we had the dinner and dessert for about an hour and a half mm-hmm. from there we went to flight of passage and we were on the last ride of flight of passage again incredible because everybody in our party was in the flight of passage ride so to be able to look over at our aunts and you know, parents experiencing it was awesome. From there, we went back to Grand Floridian. We did have that day off in between the welcome party and our wedding. The wedding day started very early for me. Thankfully, the only other person to get ready was my daughter. So I didn't have a big bridal party. But my morning started at 3 a.m., and we did hair and makeup at that time with Stacy, and I had to be ready to go at 5:50 a.m. No, you were you were 6:10. I was 5:50. Okay. Yeah. Russ had to be ready at 5:50. <laughs> I had to be ready. We weren't at, together. That, that yes, morning. we did not stay together. So I had to be ready at 6:10. The transportation had to take the boys. Russ and our two sons had to take them over to Magic Kingdom first Mm -hmm. in order to stage them for our first look and to get them situated so that they wouldn't see Emma and I come out of Grand Floridian. Mm -hmm. So 
Emma and I went at about 610 out of Grand Floridian, took the transportation over to Magic Kingdom. And then our first look happened in front of the castle at probably about 620. And at 550 when I went, it was myself, our two boys, my parents, Catherine's dad and stepmom, and my brother and his family. He has three little kids and his wife and the little kids were part of the wedding is like the flower girls and sign bearer. So they, they were, they needed to be there for some of the pre ceremony pictures. And my mom actually came over with Emma and I in the limo at six ten, And then the pickup started happening from Grand Floridian, I believe at six, seven thirty. Yeah, it was late. It was okay. Late. They started at 7.30 while we were doing our pictures inside Magic Kingdom and starting to stage for the Cinderella's coach. Our ceremony started at 8.15 on the dot. Again, one of those things we were originally told our ceremony was going to be at 9 a.m., but then they said, we've got to change the time. It's now 8.15. So again, we just had to roll with it. We had our ceremony at 8.15. That went until about 9 o'clock. After that, we Russ and I continued to do some pictures, some additional family pictures in front of the castle. And at about 9.30, we went over to California Grill, and our brunch was from 9.30 to 11.30. And at 11.30, we took, the monorail actually back to Grand Floridian because we had only the transportation one way to the contemporary for the breakfast. So I did leave out that after the ceremony was over, Russ and I took the coach back down Main Street. And then from there, Russ and I took the limo over to the contemporary for the breakfast. So after the brunch ended at 1130, everybody went back to their own hotels or where they were staying. And we had a break in the day. We did reconvene at 515 to go over to Epcot for our dinner and reception. Our dinner started in Epcot at 6 p.m. in the Living Seas Salon. We had dinner for our two hours from about 6 to 8 p.m. And then from there, we did our ride mix-in on Soren. And for that one, they actually made a special accommodation for us to do a ride mix-in that was not the very last ride of the day. Because we were changed to having our ride mix-in to in between our dinner and our dancing reception because the original plan was our dancing reception in American Adventure Rotunda was actually going to occur after the park closed. We were going to have a dessert party factored in there, but we did get an email from our planner telling us that we were going to have to do a shift and start our dinner much earlier because they were not going to allow us to have American Adventure Rotunda after the park closed. They said that they were going to make this exception for Soren and have it in between our dinner and our dancing. 
but that they were doing that in order to accommodate the fact that we weren't going to be able to have a reception after the park closed. Um, we, at the time, were trying to investigate why this was happening. And once we saw a lot of the Facebook posts, we realized that they were doing the testing of the new Harmonious after park closed. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they didn't want us having our party inside the park after the park closed. So we did move things up a little bit, but because there were no fireworks, we knew there were no fireworks. We did tell them we wanted to cut out the dessert party so that we could have a flow of having our dinner reception with the ride mix in with the DJ dance party. So our dinner ended at eight. We did the ride mix in. And from there, we went over to American Adventure Rotunda and we had our DJ and dancing from 8.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. And from then, we took all of the transportation back to the Grand Floridian and our night ended. Something really funny about all the timing of everything about the schedule is that my dad ended up taking a photo of the clock when he stepped foot into his room and the clock said 12.01 a.m. of the next day. And so he, you know, sent me that picture and said, you made sure that we had the whole day from literally the very earliest time in the morning to the time the clock striked midnight <laughs> and you didn't waste any part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Happy Flag Day. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So we've heard Russ's favorite memory of the day. Catherine, what was your favorite memory of the day? So I think my favorite memory of the day was both of the coach rides um, in the Cinderella's coach. That had been something that I had always really wanted from the beginning. And so it was so special to be able to take it down Main Street and to be able to have that experience with my daughter. And then also on the way back to be able to have that experience with Russ. It was definitely a once in a lifetime and one that we will never forget. And I want to just throw in also, we, we wrote our own vows. So, you know, actually hearing them in front of everyone, in front of the whole park at that point, because the park had opened, was pretty emotional and, and, you know, powerful. That's wonderful. Now, when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? So for us, really, the most important aspects were the experience. Like we said, we just wanted people to understand our love of Disney. And we really wanted to try and convert some family that maybe didn't love Disney so much to really see why we love spending time there. So we really focused on the experience and making it truly a Disney magical experience. So, you know, that's why we chose having the ceremony and the parties in the parks. And we really tried to do the ride mix ins and, you know, really tried to make it about experience for everyone. And incorporated our favorite meals and desserts and, and those things. That's a great idea. Were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? We really had to like 
try and do that, but I, I don't think we were so successful and we kind of knew that. So, I mean, places where we tried to save on the budget were for the welcome party and any place that we knew there was going to be a lot of theming. So when we had our welcome party in Harambe Marketplace, we really did minimal table decorations. Like we only did two lanterns on each of the tables because we knew that it was in the park and it was Harambe Marketplace and we really did not need to do much. When we had the farewell party, the farewell dinner, and it was in Pizza Rizzo, which was so cool, like 80s prom, we did absolutely no decoration because we felt like the area really kind of spoke for itself. So those were really the areas that we were able to say, okay, we're not literally doing any decoration here, but other places we know we're going to have to, you know, do a floral and we really didn't want to skimp too much on what our vision was. So here and there, we kind of tweaked little things, but, you know, we, we were kind of willing to just accept what was given to us. <laughs> <laughs> were you able to reuse floral and decor from some of your events at later events? So we were able to take certain aspects of our decor that was in Magic Kingdom and move that over to our brunch. We were also able to take um, the table easel signs for the dinner party and move those over to American Adventure Rotunda. But for the dinner in Living Sea Salon, we really had a Little Mermaid theme and under the sea theme. And then for American Adventure Rotunda, we really did a Beauty and the Beast theme there because we were kind of trying to incorporate all of the fairy tale theming. So we really didn't move anything from the dinner except for those easels with the fairy tale couples as our table numbers over. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Yes. So... <laughs> One thing that almost went very, very wrong was that, you know, you, you hear it talked about all the time is that when you have your ceremony in Ace Plaza Garden, there's always that possibility that the weather may do something funky and you may have to make a move. And I really tried not to think about it. And it wasn't until really the two days before that there was talk that there may be rain in the Magic Kingdom on the morning of our wedding. I really tried to ignore it and not think about it. And we continued to watch the weather. And then the morning of the ceremony, Russ got a call from our planner at about uh, 5 a.m. saying that they were going to have to make the move from East Plaza Garden to the wedding pavilion. Well, I said to her, I said, well, I mean, are you sure? You know, and she kind of went through the whole spiel and told uh, told me why the AV, the audio visual equipment or whatever that she was worried about, all those things just being out. And if the rain was to start, the guests would be outside and so forth. I said, okay, well, great. I mean, whatever it is, we're going to be fine. But did you call Catherine yet? <laughs> she said, no. I said, well, it's a good thing you called me first, but you do need to call her. I'm not calling her. And <laughs> you need a conversation with her. And I promise you, it's not going to go the same way that our conversation is going right now. So, I mean, we hung up the phone and I kind of just kept getting the boys ready. And actually, Catherine's dad came to the room to kind of help with that process, too, which I appreciated greatly. And I didn't hear anything for probably about 25 to 30 minutes. 
because I guess Catherine was on the phone with her and I guess you want to pick it yeah, up. Yeah. And so when, when she called me and I could tell she was saying a lot of ums, wells, uh, <laughs> I I'm sorry. And I knew, I knew what the phone call was and my heart literally sank. And it wasn't because I, I, I mean, I love wedding pavilion. It's incredibly beautiful, but when we had gotten to the point that finally our dream was going to come true of East Plaza garden and to hear this news and what she was telling me was we just, we had to make the call and we have made the call. And I said, I literally am begging you. Like I'm begging and pleading. And I started sending her every weather report that I was looking at that showed no rain, like dark cloud, like Apple weather. I mean, every weather forecast, I was like screenshotting and sending to her saying, please, like, I can't, I can't give this up. Like I, I can't call it. And like, I, I'll be okay. Cause we're getting married, but I'm like, not going to be okay. And so she said, I will call them one more time and ask. And I said, that's all I, that's all I can ask you to do is please just ask them one more time. And so she called me back and she said, we are willing to gamble but I'm telling you, this is a gamble and it's one that very well likely will fail. <laughs> if there's a possibility that you will not get through the vows and it will start raining and we will have to move people, there's a possibility that your guests will get wet. There's a possibility that the chairs will get ruined and gave me every single option. And I said, listen, if you're telling me hundred percent that we shouldn't do this, then I will listen to you. But if you think that there's a chance we have to roll the dice. I, I, I can't not take the chance. And she said, okay, we will go for it. We are going to go for it. And I said, okay, let's go for it. And when I tell you that we did not have one drop of rain. When I, my 5.50 in the morning van arrived to, or bus actually arrived to Magic Kingdom and we pulled into the back gate. When I was walking in, the company that has the chairs, or whatever, the van was out there. The chairs were all stacked. They weren't even in East Plaza Garden yet. And they were just kind of like, I mean, I walked by and I knew what was going on because I obviously have been, you know, involved in the in the conversations the last hour or so. But um, you could tell they were just like, should we do this? Should we not do this? And but it, it worked out. It not, worked not out. Not a drop of rain. We didn't have any rain at that point, and I, I'm sure, I, you know, she kept saying, "Oh, I'm so glad it worked out," and I said, "I'm so glad too," because I could not have imagined if we would have been in Wedding Pavilion with the sun shining bright through the windows and thinking about we could have done this at East Plaza Garden. Wow, what a story. (laughs) (laughs) So do you guys have any tips or advice for future Disney couples? Like I said, if you're having uh, events in the theme parks, really just be willing to go with the flow. It is so amazing. And when I tell you the experience of being treated like, VIPs going through the park and kind of just that experience was so magical. It's something that you just, if if you can do it, if it's what you want, don't, don't miss out on it. In the very, very beginning, when we made the switch to Walt Disney world for the wedding, I think even on the disc brides page, I posted a question and I said, tell me what your dream would be for your wedding. And I said, my dream would be ceremony in East Plaza Garden, reception at American Adventure Rotunda. And at the time, that wasn't anywhere near what we had. But I told Russ, that's what my dream would be. And he said, well, let's do it. And I said, it's so much more complicated than that. It's just not 
I don't even think it's possible. But at the end of the day, just if you have something that's a dream of yours, like with Disney weddings, it really is possible. Anything is possible and, and they will make your dreams come true, really, truly. And I think all of us brides and couples, when we're planning our weddings with Disney, it's important to double check things because, you know, you're working with humans. Things got missed on our BEO. Things were accidentally charged a couple of times. So, you know, it's not like we weren't mad about it, but really we had to go through it and really make sure that the numbers matched up because you're spending a lot of money and you don't want something to get charged, you know, twice or three times, which for us, there was kind of a duplicate, triplicate charge for floral that we might have missed had we not been checking really carefully. So definitely double check things. And, and when you're in it, I mean, things did go very fast, which everybody always says, but I did make sure that I slowed myself down through all the experiences. And I really can look back and say that it wasn't a blur for me. I do remember everything. And there were so many special moments. I mean, really from the welcome party through the ceremony and all of our events that I will take with me for the rest of my life, for the rest of our lives. And for us, it was a lot. I mean, we had some really big expenses with some of it, but there is nothing more that I would have rather spent our money on than the experiences. And they were incredible for us as a couple getting married and for our family and I really wouldn't change one thing about our our wedding events. And I'll just add one tip definitely would be to establish early some sort of communication system with your guests just because of the potential of changes. So we had a Facebook group that we had all of our guests in for probably two, three months leading up to the wedding. So we were able to send out, you know, new little flyers that we created on Canva and we just kind of sent updates that way. So people knew what time they were going to be picked up where they needed to park, you know, what they needed to address, you know, all that stuff. That was something that helped. And then something else just to mention, just overall, you know, our experience um, from start to finish with the Disney weddings team was unbelievable. Um, they were so accommodating. Um, if you have people in your party that have any sort of, you know, allergies or, you know, whatever, just let them know and they will wait on them um, like they are VIP and, um, I, my, we had a couple of guests that have gluten allergies, so they had to eat gluten free and they made sure that they got their plate with, you know, appropriately and so forth. So, um, and then the other thing is that we really, we really tried to get to know a lot of the staff also, um, as we were being shuttled from one place to the other, um, we really got to talk to them and they were so appreciative of, you know, just that they were kind of back in business and one person in the, one of the, um, managers in the California grill thanked us over and over because it was the first time they were able to get back so much of their staff after the pandemic and, you know, how appreciative they were that they were back working. So, you know, they were just top notch from, from start to finish and so friendly and accommodating. And, um, it was, it was great. And I also think that Sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with the process because they still are working on bringing back the wedding planners and the wedding team at Disney. And, and I see it a lot that a lot of the disc brides really get frustrated because they're waiting on responses. But 
ultimately it is all worth it at the end of the day, once everything is done and planned and, and it's a go for your events, I can tell you that any frustration or anxiety that you may have over the course of the planning, it dissolves like when all of it is happening because it is so incredible. And as, as a couple that loves Disney, a family that loves Disney, we could not have imagined having our wedding anywhere else. That's wonderful. Well, Catherine and Russ, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've offered a lot of great advice for anyone who's interested in using any or all of these venues, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how many podcasts I've listened to. I think every single one. So this was definitely an awesome experience. <laughs> Start listening. <laughs> That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>